and welcome to a special edition of Thoughts of the Roundtable. It's me, Matt Rebar. Paul, Paul Laux is sans absent tonight, uh, has to do parenting things, can't relate. Uh, my child is a succulent that is barely clinging alive on my sink as we speak. But joining me today is two special people. One, we've been trying to get in this podcast literally forever. Ever since this podcast was made back in, like, I think 2018, we've been trying to get her. It's hard. She is impossible to book. She is offer only, no audition. It's <laughs> Alana Crummy in the house tonight. How are you, Alana? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And also joining me tonight is our colleague in arms. He is the handsome, suave voice you hear telling you where not to drive every weekday on 1021-104-198-5923. Our buddy in arms, Joe Checkeye. How What's are you, up? Joe? I'm doing well. I got some uh, coffee. Finally figured out how to get the gallery view up here. So we're not Wait, before we get into our special episode, you're drinking coffee at 7 on Monday when you get to be up Ooh. at like 6-ish tomorrow? Mm-mm. Absolutely. That's <laughs> oh, crazy. That is The amount insane. of coffee I... You are it's a crazy like, man. It's kind of like, uh, with any addiction, the more I have, the more it becomes normal. So, as long as I don't go past, like, 9 o'clock at night, we're good. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, with, like, a Diet Coke. Like, I could drink, I get like, a Diet Coke at, like, 5 and be okay. But, like, a coffee after 2 or 3, we're getting a little risky behavior going on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Agreed. I get heartburn if I have coffee after 2. I mean, I normally have heartburn in general because that's how much (laughs) coffee I drink. (laughs) So today's special is about underrated shows. So Alana brought this idea up to me because Alana hosts Oscar parties. She's the kind of girl who's going to tell you, oh, that guy was in this. This guy was in that. So, Alana, why don't you start with your top five underrated shows, and we'll each respond a little bit if we're familiar, maybe follow up a little question. But I really want to get some new shows out of tonight. So that's the goal. Okay, so these aren't ranked in any particular order, but I'm going to have to say Community, uh, BoJack Horseman, What We Do in the Shadows, Good Girls, which I feel like nobody is watching, and Dave. Those are my, those are my top five, but they're not in any particular order. So let's break them down one by one. So your first one was um, Community. Community, yeah. I remember seeing Community in the, like when it originally came out, back when mm-hmm. I had cable. Um, <laughs> plot twist, I don't have cable now. Um, hashtag millennial, hashtag cord cutter. And that's, that's with Joel McHale. I mean, there's a lot of iconic people on that show, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ken Jeong, uh, Danny Pudi, Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. Uh, John Oliver is in it. It's, oh my God. A and great is it show. is it close to like the office parks and recreation? No, <laughs> no not even close. <laughs> it's a pretty it's it's um they're just a bunch of chaotic people. They're they kind of form like this toxic study group where they're so dependent on each other. <laughs> and it's a really meta show too. And the show gets more and more meta as the seasons go on. Dan Harmon is the creator of it. He does Rick and Morty, and Rick and Morty definitely has a lot of meta moments in it, Um, especially at their season endings and everything. Rick and Morty gets really meta, and that's just Dan Harmon's style. So Community is very much like that. Danny Pudi's character, Abed, um, is a... He's obsessed with television and movies, so I really relate to Abed. (laughs) And throughout the entire series, he's like, we're on a TV show. And then they're like, Abed, we're not on a TV show. (laughs) Oh, that is really trippy. 
Yeah, uh, it's there's an entire episode called Remedial Chaos Theory where they roll a die to see who's going to go downstairs and go get the pizza, and it creates like six different parallel universes. And that's where you get the idea, the joke in the show is um, this is the darkest timeline. And it's just, and it, it brings itself back as a joke throughout the show, but yeah, like it's just... It's the most ridiculous thing in the whole world, and it's so funny. Chevy Chase is in it, and he's great. Um, Cleveland's own Yvette Nicole Brown is on the show. I love her. She's an Akron alum. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she went to the University of Akron. And you would probably remember her as the movie theater manager from Drake and Josh. Yes, I would remember Mm -hmm. her from that. I'm like, oh my God, you're I just <laughs> Joe's mind. I literally just watched Joe go like, "Oh my wow. lord!" Wow. Wait, Joe, have you seen Community or no? I have not. I've actually uh, just kind of pulled up the uh, the old search engine here, and it got canceled. Yes. Budget and yeah. contract issues. So that's mm-hmm. it's like yeah. And I like how Joe. The first thing Joe says is, "Oh, it got canceled. It did not end on its there's, own accord." No, it, it definitely Damn, did sucks. not. So it got it got canceled on NBC. Picked up for Damn. its last season on Yahoo. Um, oh, and oh. this was like back before, really before streaming services were putting out their own shows mm-hmm. and everything. Okay, um, so you can watch it on Netflix still. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm, that's I'm, all these I'm in the middle of, of re-binging it right now. I've learned two things so far tonight. A, that Nicole Brown is an alumni of Akron. And two, Yahoo had an original streaming service? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was that and called? I, like, Yahee? 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 Now, Alana mentioned BoJack Horseman. And let me be clear. We could literally have a three-hour thesis discussion about this show. At least Alana and I. <laughs> Joe, the important question is, have you seen BoJack Horseman? I have not. <gasps> I, I suck when it comes to watching like popular TV shows or not-so-popular TV yeah. shows. So BoJack is such a good show. It's the idea of like this washed-up celebrity. He was famous in the 90s, um, trying to have a comeback, just like a lot of celebrities from the 90s are trying to have right now. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, he's struggling with addiction and depression and all of the characters have been affected by him in some way and it's just it it snowballs in and every season it just gets worse and worse until it finally catches up to him at the end and it's just I think one thing to note about BoJack Horseman, you know, it's an animated show, and what's cool about it is it's not just humans, it's like, you know, human-esque animals. So like BoJack Horseman's a horse. Uh you know, humanoid horse. And I think people look at it and they don't take it seriously. You know, there's a, definitely a reputation for animated shows to be looked at as childish or immature. But I'm telling you, this show is top ten all time, I think, for me. I, I, it is so stunning. I don't think it would actually work as a flesh and blood type show anyway. No way. It's mm-hmm. so, That's, like, yeah. it's as a cartoon, it has you, like, depressed in certain moments. I think if it was real people, I would really be struggling. I'd have to, like, have one of those, like... Therapist like dial app things, you know the the new yeah. app where you can call therapists like right um, away. Will Arnett has said that BoJack Horseman is the was the hardest role for him because he would take a lot of that stuff home with him because of how dark that show is. Um, a lot be- actually BoJack Horseman changed the way a lot of TV critics were like writing the reviews because they wrote the show off after like only the first half of the first season and because of the 
sudden 180 that the show takes and you really see what it's about and you see that it's not just like this satire on Hollywood and how dark the show actually is. A lot of websites had to change how they do their reviews of television shows because Mm -hmm. they, they didn't finish watching BoJack and they just wrote it off as another comedy. Mm-hmm. So. And your third show, Alana, we, I think I've seen a clip of it, and I liked it. So now I really need to sit down and watch it. Yeah, what we do in the shadows. Now, that is that is a funny <laughs> show that nobody is watching. Probably the biggest name on that show is Matt is Matt Barry, um, who he's a very he's famous in London and everything, and England. I feel like he's having a hard time. He's had a hard time breaking through into the U.S. Um, He's like the Kylie Minogue of male actors. Yes, and you might very popular everywhere else but America. Like Americans are like who? And like yes, in UK, like number one album, biggest album of last year. You you might recognize his voice though from the recent Advil commercials that he's doing. He just has this really deep like British. It's just so over exaggerated. And like, but that's just his voice. He actually mm-hmm. does an episode of community too, where he plays a grifter professor. Um, but it, it's just, it's based now that is like the office, but with vampires. Okay. But it's Interesting. hilarious. It's based off of a movie with, uh, one of the guys from flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. And oh it's God. hilarious. <laughs> I'm surprised. Do, have you seen, seen that movie, yet. Joe? I have not. Uh, um, I am familiar with the comedy, though. Yeah, the the movie is pretty good, but I think the TV show is funnier. Um, you know, my fiance and I, Eric, we we watched the movie after watching the show. We were like, the show is way funnier, like <laughs> without a doubt, and like top notch cameos. Mark Hamill, like mm. oh. That's my favorite one. <laughs> I love when like shows that probably have a budget of like ten dollars can get these really interesting actors and actresses because the show's so good that yes. actors and actresses are like, I want to be in the show. Yeah. That's how you know the show's good when it's like, oh, that cost five bucks to make, but like, oh yeah, Mark Hamill rolled in. <laughs> Mark, Mark Hamill, yeah, like Mark Hamill is like, I love him. He's the biggest nerd. He's a great follow on like Twitter and Instagram. He's so funny, and he was so excited to do that show. Like he was, he really wants to come back for another episode and do it. Like he was so happy to do that show. So that is a good one. Um, Season three is up in the air right now because of COVID. Um, Season two, season two premiered like literally right before the pandemic hit. So when they were supposed to start filming for season three, they couldn't. Mm So I don't know when it's going to start, but it's really funny. Nick Kroll's in it, too. Oh, and, I do like Nick Kroll. Um, no, who doesn't love Nick Kroll? So <laughs> There are some people. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just go on <laughs> Twitter a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But still, great and show. What were your other two? I'm trying to remember. Um, Good Girls, okay. which is... Uh, if anyone has ever watched Desperate Housewives, I think you would really like Good Girls. Okay. Um, it's got Mae Whitman in it, and honestly, the only reason I started watching this show is because she's the voice of Katara on Avatar, oh. so that's the only reason I started watching this show. Um, Christina Hendricks, um, who was on Mad Men, mm-hmm. and then Retta, who is on... I love Retta from Parks yes, and Rec, yes, of I course. Love I love Retta, and she's on it, and so they play a bunch of women who are like 
down on their luck. Like, one is mm-hmm. Christina Hendricks, her husband, Matthew Lillard, is, like, cheating on her. Um, Retta is in a really bad financial spot, and her kid has, like, serious health issues. And then Mae Whitman is a single mom raising, um, you know, her transgender kid. And they decide, you know what, just this one time, we're going to rob this store. We're going to, you know, the rob the store that Mae Whitman works at, take all the money. We'll be good to go. Turns out that there's, like, a gang involved. And now... They are part of it, and they every season they keep trying to outsmart this gang, mm-hmm. but they can't, and they just keep getting sucked back into the the bad stuff. So they're not really good. Feels like there's anymore. like a little like Breaking Bad to it a little bit. And I've of. never seen Breaking I've, Bad. I know, shame on me, shame. Yeah, no, shame, I've never shame. seen it either. Really, Joe? Have you seen Breaking Bad? I've I've seen like maybe two episodes. Maybe. <laughs> this is like people are gonna be listening to this roll like they're cars in the ditch. Like the yeah. three of us, like, <laughs> we didn't see it. I mean, everyone's seen Breaking Bad, but us three, I guess. So most I've seen Breaking. The most this... I've seen of Breaking Bad is the American Dad episode when they watch the entire series in reverse. Like that's the most of Breaking Bad I've ever. Seen. Which is the happiest because at the end the kid doesn't have cancer and he's not a bad guy. It's like, right, but then they find the creator like dead, like buried six feet under because he thought people would like pick up on it faster. Mm-hmm. That's funny you mentioned American Dad uh, on my top five list. That is one of my five is American Dad. I think oh. people think of it as like secondhand uh, Family Guy, but mm. I think it's better than Family Guy. And I just think really? the character of Roger is so interesting <laughs> because he can play whatever character. He can play sassy housewives. He can play like the lawyer. He can play, and that having that adaptable character, I think, really allows you know more plot lines. And you know, mm. a lot of we've mentioned too. You know, I, I think on Family Guy, Lois and Meg are kind of they don't really get good character development. They don't get good no. stories half the time. They're kind of written off and you know, I love my female characters and I feel like American Dad has more stronger female characters in Francine and Haley a little bit. So Yes. But Roger, yeah. I mean, I think Roger's I one mean, of the best characters of all time. Roger can be paired up with any character on. He can be paired up with Tuttle on that show, and it would be an A plot. Like it would mm-hmm. be an, a uh, you know, plot A storyline. Yeah. Like anything Roger does is great. <laughs> the pecan sandies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get my uh, pecan sandies? <laughs> Pretty sure I asked for That's pecan same, sandies. The same person who like it was like I can't believe they didn't watch Breaking Bad, but they can quote American Dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, episode like, out one of my all time I can quote favorite. any TV show yeah what were you saying Joe an amazing talent that Alana has <laughs> like still <laughs> shocking that's awesome uh, <laughs> Family Guy is like one of my favorite shows of all time except for some of like the episodes in the recent years where it's just kind of like eh, okay yeah like it's it's very hit and miss but like the first handful of seasons was like, oh my god, I can't stop laughing. Yeah, this is hilarious. I still keep up with Family Guy, and I think there's some really good episodes there. But there are some episodes where you're like, what intern wrote this? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it's it like, too. Maybe oh. Seth only, you know, writes a little bit. Or I just feel like gives Seth the has yes, stepped no. back. Yeah. yeah, I feel like um, he stepped back from both. Oh, he except definitely for did. like you know his voices yeah. and everything. So I feel like Family Guy had a heyday, like seasons five, six, and seven. I remember being like mm. really good, and then kind of after that, it kind of like like plateaued. I think American oh. Dad is having a renaissance now because they're on TBS. I feel like they're given more freedoms. And so I yeah. feel like that's given. And again, you know, when it hits, it's really hitting. And of course, you know, you have some plots that you're like, okay, this is way too silly, but you know. Yeah. Um, my second show, have either of you seen Nathan for You before? 
Mm-mm. Okay, so this is a no. Comedy Central show that's on Hulu right now. And it's this comedian, and he plays this character of himself, basically. It's very deadpan. He goes to businesses and tries to help them with crazy ideas. So, for example, this one realtor, he tries to help her by branding her as the ghost realtor. And so she makes sure her homes are ghost-free. And, like, the one scene that's so funny is, like, there's, like, a ghost in one of her houses, and the lady's there. And it's, like, these real people just, like, and he's just, like, manipulating it so beautifully. And, like, she's, like... I do have to let you know the house has a succubus on the second floor. <laughs> succubus. And, and it's so insane. Like the one I just watched too, like he has a maid company. He's like, okay, so if two maids can clean a house in two hours, then 40 maids can clean a house in six minutes. So he tests it out with the one house. 40 maids run into this house. It's insane. <laughs> it's just so like, it's like concepts that are so stupid, but some of them I feel like genuinely work. So if you kind of like business, you like comedy, that's one. I love Golden Girls, and so when Grace and Frankie came out on Netflix, I loved it. And I still get made fun of for Grace and Frankie, but it has an amazing cast. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, you got Daddy Sheen, uh, is it Robert Sheen? Uh, you got Bill Waterstone, Sam Stone, whatever his name is. He's a legend. Isn't it Sam Waterston? Isn't he? He's in the original Gatsby with Robert Redford. Yes, and he was he in Law & Order Nick. for like 40 years. And he yeah. was in Law & Order. It is so good. I, I think it's a perfect blend of like funny and like serious. And I know it has to do with old people. And I'm 26. What do I know about being old? Uh, pause. Uh, I'm in America, so I feel very old due to capitalism. <laughs> but two, you know, I, I think it's a really fun show. And I know people make fun of me. It's really good. Uh, Wentworth. Okay, so let me explain first. Orange is the mm. New Black. What was the issue with Orange is the New Black? Was it a comedy? Was it a drama? Was it serious? Was it, like, funny? And it kind of... I feel like people didn't resonate with it. Wentworth is, like, the Australian Orange is the New Black. Except from episode one, you're like, oh, this is a prison. Things are going to happen in this prison. Like, I mean, in the first episode, the new girl is forced to, like, smuggle drugs in under, like, threat. And, like, it, it is so intense. And it is eight seasons. They have one last season coming out this year, I believe, for Wentworth. The twists, there was moments. I'm really good at calling things happening. I'm like, oh, this is going to happen. <laughs> this show had things happen. I was like, oh, my. I had no clue. <laughs> no clue. My final show, Alana, I think we've talked about this one. Arrested Development. Oh, Those, only the first three mm. seasons, oh, Only the first three seasons, <laughs> yes. Only the first three seasons. <laughs> only the first three seasons. This show, I cannot believe this show they were like, we got up sideline it. I get viewers is important. I get it. This show, the first three seasons, it is an art piece, what they managed to do in those first three seasons. Now, season yes. four and season five, let's forget about those. We're leaving those on the <laughs> shelf. Those first three seasons were phenomenal. I, I yes. mean, cannot, like the amount of memes that I, like the amount of quotes from that show, <laughs> it's insane. I'm afraid I just blew myself. Like. <laughs> Michael, how much does a banana cost? $10? <laughs> Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Eric's favorite episode is bringing up Buster. When, oh. when, my, when Michael has to watch Buster for the day, and at the end when Michael's like, uh, you flew a little too close to the sun, buddy, and then Lucille goes, you let him go in the sun? <laughs> I think my favorite have to be, it's like the three episodes where Julia Louis-Dreyfus guest stars. <gasps> As the blind lawyer who's not blind. That is, 
like the epitome of comedy when they like break into their house and she can see them, but she has to pretend that she can't see them because she's <laughs> pretending to be blind. And they're like doing like crazy acrobatics across like the dryer <laughs> and the table. And she so can good. see it all happening, and, and her dog is the one that's blind. Like, <laughs> and then she gets oh. then she gets pepper sprayed, and then she actually is blind later. And it's so because Michael throws the book at her at the, at the courtroom. So I mean, that is peak peak comedy. Right yes, there. I, I absolutely mean, so good. Joe, Yo. educate us. What are all what right. are some of your underrateds? So I'm going to preface this by. A most recent ex-girlfriend of mine, she was very, very into TV shows. So a lot of the shows that you have brought up, I've seen bits and pieces of, like, Good Girls. I've seen, uh, wasn't there a scene, with, like, a school bus or something? And there was a, a cooler inside it? Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, so. so. So with that one, <laughs> I've seen that. So no particular order. The Eric Andre Show, for oh. sheer comedy. For sheer comedy. It's uh, <laughs> just like... And actually looking at this list of mine here, a lot of it is comedy. It's very difficult for me to get into certain series unless I'm like super, super interested in it. So the Eric Andre show was just, I saw a preview or something. I was probably drunk at the time. This is hilarious. (laughs) And this just became one of my favorites after that. And the second is a show called Manifest. It was, oh, uh, that came out last year, right? That started last year? I believe so, or okay. uh, maybe the year prior. But uh, okay. they were approved for, I believe, a third season. So the whole plot is they there's this whole crew of passengers on a plane, and something happens up in the sky to where they just get zapped into like the future. Yes. And I know what show you're talking Josh Dallas from Once Upon a Time is on that show. He's was, like... The main character. A fantastic show. Just cause that taps into my spiritual side of mm-hmm. believing and stuff too. So it was really. Is it, it like Lost on a plane? That's what I was thinking. Is it yeah. like Lost? Well, because they go back and everybody's like, you know, we thought you guys were dead. You know, f- I think it's five <laughs> years. Yeah. And they just yeah. get off, and they think, you know, on the plane, they think it's just been like a Two plane ride or whatever, yeah. with some with some crazy ass turbulence or something. <laughs> Maybe they were part of Thanos' snap. <laughs> I'm just saying they called it the blip and it was for five years they know so. like all that um, can I real quick uh, real uh, quick hashtag uh, late night confession oh, I boy. watched the first five seasons of Lost and then I never watched the last season of Lost uh, <laughs> which I feel like is like really bad because like that's the one show you you should watch all the way through just to find out all the questions right Okay, do they, so do they get off the island or do they not? Like, I'm just confused. I mean, s- spoiler alert! From what I know, they do not get off the island. Son of a- <laughs> um, even later, late night hashtag. Uh, I watched the first like 37 minutes of the first episode and gave up. I tried. <laughs> really, the first episode I thought was really good because half nope, of it was like I the whole crash scene, and it was like really intense. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was more invested in the Discovery Kids version of it with uh, what's his face, Corbin Blue. <laughs> Wait, a Discovery? Uh, yeah, kids there was like a, there was like a Discovery <laughs> Kids version of Lost, basically. A bunch How do you of, make that for kids? kids? Is there I, still like I, mismanaged oh god, relationships and so, stuff? It sounds like a fever dream, I know, but mm. it was a real thing. It was a real show with Corbin Blue. Like, this was back when I had Armstrong Digital Cable when I was a little kid. <laughs> oh, my. Like, 
but absolutely <laughs> i gotta google this because listen it's been a minute since i've seen lost but there was nothing about that that i think could be adapted to a kid's movie or a kid's film yeah no it was like, a kid's it show is, it was car <laughs> crash it was sex it was smoke it was monsters no, it, it, I was mean, cults, I mean, it was random locked doorways it was people drowning it was i, I don't know how you turn that into a kid's show uh. Well, they, it was a bunch of kids who crash-landed on an island, so... I, so, like, you, Lord of the Flies, but, like, make it lost. Yes. <laughs> less, believe, uh, which, again, Lord murder. of the Flies is not a very friendly kids' book either. <laughs> which had which had more murder, Lord of the Flies or Lost? Where, where were there Lord more the deaths? <laughs> <laughs> Did they kill, like, ten kids in that book? <laughs> and Spoiler I, alert. I can't believe that's, like, a good book. I think that book is so messed up. Okay. It sucked. Uh, Back to Joe. So, uh, don't get me wrong. So I believe that Survivor maybe mm. was on and then Lost came on after that originally. Yes. Maybe. And yes. I want to say I was way more interested in Survivor and just uh. may have shut it off before Lost. So I never... <laughs> Super I love Survivor. Like you fall asleep during Survivor, and then you're like, oh, where, "Aren't they supposed what, to be like doing this? a tiki challenge?" <laughs> yeah, right? I love Survivor. Isn't isn't there supposed to be like a, an eviction? Why is there smoke? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is Jeff doing? Ah, stand by. Technical stand by. head difficulties. Okay. Speaking of challenges. A perfect segue to my next suggestion was MXC, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. What is that? I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. So that was a show that was on Spike TV. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. God. And then it got canceled and put on Hulu's uh, streaming service. Absolutely. (laughs) So it was the video part, the challenge Mm -hmm. part of it was like a... uh, Almost like a Ninja Warrior type setup, but it was all in, I want to say, Japanese. And it was overdubbed by American people. And it's just straight comedy the entire time. Like, uh, just making up names for people and overdubbing, like... Uh, so somebody introduces themselves right before they do a challenge and just random noises that they make. It's hilarious. (laughs) So, uh, with all the, you know, craziness going on in the world, I, I like to be able to laugh at some stuff and Mm -hmm. a lot of comedy shows are part of this so gonna get kind of nerdy in the rest of it how (laughs) it's made is one of my all-time favorite yes joe um yes (laughs) stan queen yes i never you could like you can sit and watch that show for hours absolutely and oh god i could never uh, when am i ever going to use that knowledge i have no idea (laughs) like i know how a chair is built like, yeah. That's cool. Right. I guess it's just more so of like, oh, that's how it's yeah. done. That's interesting to me. Listen, if the apocalypse happens, I'm gonna go to Joe Check Guy's house because he'll have like, I know how to make a chair. <laughs> the world is on fire, but that chair's gonna look so good. Not only is it a chair, but is a strong defense mechanism. Enough, you know, whatever. So the last one I have here is this old house, only because it's underrated in my mind. Because of how naive I was when I first watched the bulk of it, I didn't realize how much, how useful it would be as I got older, and different applications that I would need. And just sitting there like watching it with my dad, because he was a carpenter, and like, when am I ever going to need this, Dad? When? And ten years, twenty years down the line, it's like, oh, I know how to do that. I can do that. So, it's just huh. pretty, pretty normal That's stuff. That's touching. Yeah. I like that. Before we go, I do have to ask your opinion. Today, it's breaking news. 
HBO will be adapting Harry Potter for a TV series. Oh my! What do we think of that? Uh, mm, mm. I don't know because like. J.K. Rowling's still gonna get the money for it. Listen, and that she, was the first thing I thought too. I was like, oh no, she not doesn't JK. support transgender women. So <laughs> I have a problem with that. It's just super yeah. crazy how those books like wrote themselves and yeah. just published themselves. So let's pretend Harry Potter was written by a god in the sky. <laughs> how do we feel Some- about this? <laughs> hmm. I'm curious because the movies were really well done, but you know, having a TV series, they're going to be able to go into so much more depth and detail, and they it's a surefire could. win. It's going to do well. So my question is, it's dependent on it running for as many seasons yes. as they need. That that's the only problem. I, it's dependent I, on it being so good mm. that they renew it for each season. I don't think they're going to have any problem renewing it. It's HBO. I think HBO always knocks it out of the park. It, yeah, know. but have you seen the last season of Game of Thrones? But HBO doesn't always knock see, it out of the park. But that's the thing. I think going into this, they know they can't do Game of Thrones. Like they need people committed. And I'm wondering too. You know. Is season one going to be book one, season two, book mm. two, season three, book three? But then you get to four, five, six, and seven. Those books could be two seasons easy, right? Exactly. That's why I'm saying that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so dependent on being constantly renewed, contract negotiations for the actors, mm. like, you know, all that kind of stuff going into it. It's going to be dependent on having to be at least probably 10 seasons long. Mm. I was agreeing that, too. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, and on that note, too, as far as uh, actors go, I think initially there's going to be a huge push uh, for people that watch it, but I also think there's going to be a little bit of a backlash as far as not having the characters that they know or the actors playing those characters that they know. So it Mm -hmm. might, I think that might pose a little bit of a thing. I mean, who else can you, I mean, yeah, like going off of what Joe says, like who else can you picture playing Severus Snape? Mm -hmm. You know? I mean... You can't. I mean, Alan Rickman was Alan perfect. Rickman. Oh, mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was good. He was. Nice. He was one of my favorite Sweet. actors. Oh, yeah, wow. and you know, and he's gone now. Like, I just, I can't picture. But at the same time, that's where we have to adapt and develop and not be like the boomers who like everything the way that it is. <laughs> Don't change. I think one thing too, you know, when that book series was going on, then the movies started while the books were still being written, right? You know. So you really picture Harry as Daniel Radcliffe and Emma mm-hmm. Watson as Hermione. You know, versus other series, you know, you don't really have like a as solid of a character outline pictured, you know? Right. But I wonder, you know, enough times passed, you know, there's new Harry Potter fans and uh, some that have turned away because of J.K. Ugh, I don't even want to finish her name. But... <laughs> I wonder if, you know, this is the time is right. I mean, Amazon's uh, doing a whole Lord of the Rings adaptation for TV. Wow. Oh, God. And again, that's dependent on it. I think they've already approved. I think they've already approved. I mean, because Amazon could literally be like, film 20 seasons. We don't care. We have the money. Yeah, right. Here's money. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Jeff Bezos. It's like the Futurama meme of like, here's my money. Just take it. Um, Has enough money to create an entire Lord of the Rings series. Not enough money to pay all of its employees <laughs> benefits. It's like, you know what? We really do want to put in $3 billion in this Lord of the Ring <laughs> remake. But, that sounds but good. if I you really work for us, wanna... ooh, can you get those food <laughs> stamps? Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings alike have those deeply embedded 
fan groups that are just gonna like them no matter what. I agree. Any, any anything I, yeah. that's part of their echelon of uh, whatever they put out, that they're gonna be behind them. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens and how people receive that who yeah. are just coming into it for the first time. And you got that huge, you know, uh, Hogwarts video game coming out in 2022 that's mm. open world. It's a like Grand Theft Auto, but Hogwarts. I mean, <laughs> this brand is going to live Sweet. on. Like, I mean, I think they're going to continue milking this cash cow for all it's worth. And, you know, knowing, I don't, blank, blank, blank a blank, uh, she's probably going to write more books <laughs> at some yeah, I point. I mean, she probably will. But, um, you know, going off of what Joe's saying, I think, I think he has, I think you have a good point, Joe, about the fan bases for Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter because I don't think they're nearly as critical as Star Wars fans. Oh, you know? oh my god! I mean, anytime <laughs> Star Wars does anything, uh, the fans are attack, attack, attack. <laughs> they're up here like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. The Mandalorian is probably the most recent Star Wars thing that Star Wars fans don't absolutely hate and rip apart, mm-hmm. which is... You know, you know, as someone who only saw seven and didn't see eight or nine, I liked seven, but it, it just felt like a rehash. Whereas, and I haven't seen the Mandalorian yet, but it sounds like it's a very you know new, fresh concept for Star Wars. And so I think, it, yeah, I, I hope that that's a lesson for them that you know you can't keep recycling tropes. You need to create new material. I mean, that's what Harry Potter is going to do with that video game, and yeah. probably with the series, it's going to expand upon and be a new you know, f- type of look at the series, so. Yeah. And how great of an idea was that originally to be like, to have the foresight, maybe they didn't, to be like, okay, we can just continue to expand any way we want 15, 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, I'll never forget seeing Harry Potter for the first time. Both my parents fell asleep in the theater on either <laughs> side of me, and I sat there like, this is the greatest thing I've ever yeah, seen. Right? And then that was when my mom realized I was an advanced reader because at six years old, I was like, I want to read Harry Potter. Me and too. I was blowing through those books, man. I don't think so. I'll ever go to another midnight release for a book ever again. But for Harry Potter, remember those last few books? Every it was time. Like, it Every was like time. 500 people at a Joe Beth bookstore trying to get the first copy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> like can't you do wouldn't, that anymore. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think nerds know how to throw a punch, but if you're at a midnight Harry Potter <laughs> release, man, elbows just... Mm, mm, mm. You know, Hudson used to, I don't know if Hudson still does it or not, but Hudson for a long time for every book release, they did like a Harry Potter festival and it was super cool because oh, wow. like they turned like downtown Hudson like in into harry potter like you had diagon alley and you like went to potions mm-hmm. class and it was you went to Ollivanders, like it was super cool and you got wow. like dressed up it was I, again that sounds like a fever dream but i promise <laughs> you it was a real thing that i did my, with so, my friends uh, like Joe, the city of hudson what the city of Hudson? Yeah, like when oh, I was awesome. a kid when they that's were awesome. still releasing the new books like i i went for um because what were, the new books that were being released when I started reading were five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, like it was a legitimate thing that they always did. I don't know That's if they so continued cool. it after the book stopped being released. Um, it was just turned into an annual. annual well, Kent thing or does not. it. Kent does their annual Harry Potter Day at uh, Kent in downtown yeah. Kent. It's beautiful. Um, but I always love like when they have like a Kent, they'll have Harry Potter Day, 
and like all all the businesses are participating except for like the one that feels like they have to and it's like okay you can try yeah. our butter beer it's a fucking Bud Light <laughs> and you're like, give it to me it's like okay like you're trying I guess or they're like I mean they're like we have is- Harry Potter snacks it's our regular pretzels but <laughs> dilly dilly with like a little Bud hat Light is on my it. beer of choice oh, fantastic well Alana Joe this has been fantastic I loved talking and hearing perspectives tonight we're gonna have to have you on it for another special in the future yeah, okay absolutely yeah nice. you want to talk movies you know where I be. Actually, just down the hall from you in the other studio. <laughs> just, just, just neighbor just, things. Yeah. Um, that might be fun because listen, I'm really ignorant with movies, so I could use oh. some hot movies and tell you some of my favorites. Even though my favorites are probably ups. really predictable, <laughs> they're probably like favorites that everyone has. So we'll do a movie <laughs> favorites down the line. But until then, oh. thanks for listening. To Thoughts of the Roundtable. It's me, Matt. Peace out. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Alana. No yep. No problem. Adios.